0: This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on episode number 398 of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, you have some of the most addictive foods in your house. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. You know where you are now, and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Thin. I want to try it. Thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to d d diet die it. Thin. I'll tell you lies. Thin. I want smaller size, Thin. But I realize. I guess I'll have to exercise. Womp Womp Womp. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com. Always like to remind you, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a trainer, I'm just a person like you trying to lose some weight. And the last time we spoke, uh, that was December first. It is now December 9th, as I record this. On December 1st, I was at 224.3, and here I am eight days later at 224. Yeah, I lost a whole 0.3 pounds. Here again, I should be happy. That's 0.3, right? It's in the right direction. The problem is at one point I was down to 222.4, and I've been doing kind of the right stuff. The only thing I can think of, and we're going to talk about good food and bad food here, and I keep hearing how things like cashews and almonds are a healthy kind of protein and blah, blah, blah. And every time I bring them into my house, I gain weight. And this is why we talk about, you know, not every fitness plan fits you. You got to kind of do what fits you. And so for me, even if it's the, uh, like right now, I'm looking at an Emerald 100 calorie pack of cashews uh, uh, and I'm just done every time I start eating these, I'm like, no. And I've been using uh, Noom. That's been kind of interesting because I'm finding some show, they they rate their food as green, yellow, and red. And I was really surprised that I was trying to, I'm, I'm all about eating green stuff. So broccoli, spinach, um, lettuce, you name if it's green, I'm eating it. And it always seems like green food is well green, which is pretty much you can eat as much as you want. I just I replaced the uh, nuts. I bought celery. Celery is kind of boring, but it's crunchy like a potato chip. And there's almost no calories. I think this is one of those weird foods that you actually burn more calories chewing it up than you do actually consuming it. But I was surprised because a lot of times vegetables don't fill me up. If I eat like an actual three ounce piece of meat, like chicken, and then broccoli, I'm like, mm, not sure that's going to hold me. So the one night I ate lima beans, I forgot, I actually like lima beans. It's one of those things, I don't know that I want to eat them every day, but, you know, every now and then. And that was a yellow food. I'm not sure why, but I was like, okay, that's that's kind of interesting. So I... uh Like today, I ate fish instead of meat. I'm trying to fix things up. I I, the other thing I did, I noticed this, and this again is where you have to kind of figure out what works for you. Is I would often go downstairs, make dinner, then come upstairs and exercise. If I wasn't exercising in the morning, and I'm just that's just a hard one for me. But I was exercising. And I've also noticed, and you—if you remember your grandparents saying, "Ah, to work up an appetite." Well, exercising often works up an appetite, and I'm like, "Well, I'm already done for the day." I'm trying to do intermittent fasting, and here I am at eight o'clock, wanting to eat more stuff. So tonight, I got out of work. I work from home. Walked to the gym, which is about seven feet that way. Got on my exercise bike, and then went to dinner. That seems to work well because I'm—I'm I'm done. And I'm not I mean, I've already the hunger pains brought on by exercising were squelched by my regular dinner. So I thought that was uh, I like "Hmm, that that might work. So that is uh, something that uh, you might want to think about. I've also heard that sometimes I, I don't know that I would want to be on a completely empty stomach. But I've heard that some sort of weird thing, and again, I'm not a doctor, that if you exercise on an empty stomach, you're more than likely to burn more fat or something like that, that it's somehow supposed to be good for you. But I just know for me, I wasn't cramping up. I wasn't like, oh, I need fuel. And so it just worked out on a time-wise and uh, the whole like not being hungry later, that seemed to work for me. The only thing I dislike about that is I end up eating dinner later later. But I'm okay with that. A little later, I'm going to be telling you about a new TV show I found on Amazon that's uh, actually kind of interesting and could be very helpful. But I mentioned some good food. Now let's talk about some bad food. This is from uh, Healthline.com. It is the most 18 addictive foods and 17 of the least. So we're going to get some bad and some good. But they said uh, up to 20% of people may have a food addiction or exhibit Addictive light eating behavior. They say the number is even higher among people with obesity. That's shocking. People that are obese might have a food addiction problem. You think? Uh, Food addiction involves being addicted to food in the same way as someone with a substance abuse disorder demonstrates addiction to a particular substance. Well, we talked about this in the past, that when you get the right mixture of fat, salt, and sugar, your brain just goes, zah, And wants more. Uh, People have a food addiction report that they're unable to control their consumption of certain foods. However, people don't just become addicted to any food. Some foods are much more likely to cause symptoms of addiction than others. And I know when I read this, I was like, yeah, okay. So here's the study from uh, the University of Michigan. They uh, studied addictive like eating in 518 people. They used the Yale food addiction scale and all participants received a list of 35 foods, both processed and unprocessed. They rated how likely they were to experience problems with each of the 35 foods on a scale of one, which is not very addictive to seven being, Oh man, I am like, just, can we get an IV going in that? And in this study, seven to 10% of the participants were diagnosed with full blown food addiction which is going to be interesting because if that becomes a disease, you know, don't blame me. It's my disease. I'm like, "Mm, really? Mm, Not sure about that one. Not that it's not addictive, but please don't start telling me it's a disease. But anyway, in, in addition, 92% of the participants exhibited addictive like eating behavior towards some foods. They repeat repeatedly had the desire to quit eating them, but were unable to do so. So I've run into that with, but it's because I, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, it's pumpkin pie. I only get this once a year. But here are um, uh, they said not surprisingly, most of the foods rated as addictive were you guessed it, yeah, not carrots and broccoli. It was processed foods. And these foods were usually high, and you guessed it our good friend sugar or fat or both. And they said the number of each food is the average score given in the study that we just talked about. So uh, according to this uh, the let's see what was the most addictive here I think it's I think they have these rated this way, yeah, this is top to bottom most addictive, wanna guess what it is what's the one that you like, mm, man, I couldn't give that one up, yeah, pizza that is um, see just thinking about it right now, Mike man, I could go for some Luigi's right now, ladies wanna tell me what number two is, yeah, you guessed it, chocolate, followed by chips, cookies. Ice cream, that's one right there. That's mine. Ice cream, man. Mm. Uh, french fries. Anybody's mouth watering right now just saying these words out loud? Uh, cheeseburgers. Soda, not diet. Cake. Cheese. Oh, there are times when cheese is just like, oh. And I'm not a big cheese eater. I will buy the shredded stuff to put in my salad, which, again, is kind of self-defeating. And I would just go down and grab a handful of cheese and just throw it down my face. Uh, Bacon, because, you know, it goes on everything. Uh, Fried chicken, rolls, just plain one. Popcorn, there's my second one. Uh, Breakfast cereal. And I would agree with that. I remember many times when I would eat um, Tony the Tiger. What is that? Frosted Flakes which it even says right in the name. This is a bunch of corn with sugar on it. It's frosted, sugar, frosted flakes. And I would eat one bowl and turn around and just go grab another one, if not another two. Uh, and it's funny because every now and then I'll be go like, you know what? I haven't had any breakfast cereal in a while. And I'm like, I don't need that in my house because it's just not going to be good for me. Uh, number 16, gummy candy. Number 17, and I was surprised about this one. Because usually if I eat one of these, I cannot eat another one, and that is steak. And then number eighteen muffins. Um, they don't. I'm assuming that's like the muffin that actually looks like a muffin. You know, basically the it's a uh, it's a cupcake without icing. So that's interesting. But we, you know, it has blueberries in it, so it's healthy. Mm. So the most addictive foods were most often again processed foods with high amount of fat and sugar. Now. Ready for the 17 things that are least addictive. So, and these again are rated best to worst here. Cucumbers. I almost bought some tonight. Cucumbers, the problem with cucumbers, they almost have no taste. It's, it's like chewing thick water. Uh, carrots. I like carrots. Beans with no sauce. Apples. I love Apples. Uh, brown rice eat. And the good news is like in my kitchen right now, I have carrots. I have apples and I have brown rice. I have broccoli in the freezer. Bananas is something right now. I eat a lot of bananas recently. Salmon. Uh, I ate some, no, I ate some sort of tilapia fish tonight. Corn. Okay. But that's okay. See some people go, Hmm, that's very, very sweet, but okay. Strawberries. I love strawberries, a granola bar. That's very generic. Because some granola bars are really not good for you. Uh, water is not addictive. Yeah, I. In fact, usually water is more of an acquired taste. Uh, plain crackers, pretzels, um, ch- yeah, because pretzels are one of those things that make you drink water. Chicken breasts, eggs. I have those, and then here, here they are. Nuts, and I'm for me, when I eat some nuts, I want some more nuts. So again, notice that the least addictive foods were almost all whole unprocessed foods straight out of the ground. So what makes junk food addictive? The addictive life eating behavior, it it involves more than just a lack of willpower. There, again, are biochemical reasons why some people just lose their control. And that behavior has repeatedly been linked to processed foods. Again, it's a mixture of sugar and fat and sometimes salt. They're usually engineered to be hyper palatable so they just taste really good. Mmm, yummy yummy. And they also can't contain high amounts of calories and cause significant blood imbalances and that's the problem. When I was talking about the book a couple weeks ago, the deny or delay don't deny, they talk about look, if your insulin is just constantly getting spiked, you're never going to lose any fat. And so uh, these are known factors that cause food cravings. Yeah, when you have blood sugar problems, you get cravings all the time. So they said the biggest contributor to the addictive-like behavior is the human brain, and your brain has a reward center that secretes dopamine and other feel-good chemicals when you eat, and that reward center explains why many people enjoy eating. It ensures that enough food is eaten to get all the energy and the nutrients to the body, but eating processed junk food releases mass amounts of feel-good chemicals. Woo, baby! Uh, compared with unprocessed food that yields a much more uh, powerful reward to the brain because the brain then seeks more reward by causing cravings for these hyper-rewarding foods. So when you're eating good stuff, there's still that voice that goes, Oh, pizza! And that can lead to various cycles called addictive-like behavior, Or food addiction because you then go eat the bad food and then you feel bad because you ate the bad food. And so you make yourself feel better by eating bad food. Hence, so anyway, eating a diet that mostly compromises whole single ingredient foods can help reduce the likelihood of developing a food addiction. And they say, note that many who have food addiction will need help to overcome it. And working with a therapist can address an underlying psychological issue contributing to food addiction. And while a nutritionist can design a diet that's free of trigger foods without depriving the nutrition. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I'm sitting here making not really jokes about food addiction, but there are times when, we, you know, food is meant to fuel us. And there are many times when we are using it for You know, we're using it to make us happy. And that's really not that food should make us miserable, but we're using it for things that it's not meant to be. If you're an Amazon Prime user, you want to stick around. I found a show on Amazon. I'm not sure where it normally aired when it was new, but, you know, Amazon Prime, they let you watch a lot of outdated stuff for free And the show is called Eat Yourself Sexy, and there are two versions of this. One is the American version, and then another Australian version. And the American version has this Scottish woman named now her the person formerly known as Dr. Jillian McKeith, except after some investigating, she had to stop calling herself a doctor because she's not, apparently. Uh, but she is a nutritionist or something of that nature. But she's very much the kind of, a, oh, no, you didn't. And you will obey my rules. And I am going to drop the hammer on her because look at me. I am snarky and I am woman. Hear me roar. And you will do as I say. And oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's very kind of uh, it's it's got a reality TV kind of flavor to it. I've just watched one episode of eat yourself sexy Australia, but here's the thing uh, that I want to point out. What happens is Jillian goes in, and you you hear wh- you know these people. They're like, oh, I don't have any energy. They almost all had kids, and the kids take up a lot of time. I don't have time to cook. I don't have you know. It's just so easy to go through a drive-through. And you're sitting there, and this is why I like this show is it's interesting. I watched a show once. It was horrible, and that's why I watched it. It was called Married at First Sight. So people were put together by these, quote, experts, and then you these people actually met each other at the altar and actually got married. And it was fun because I could sit there and armchair quarterback it and go, no, 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 you need to acknowledge the feelings and that whole nine yards. Well, this is kind of the same way. Dr. Jillian goes into these people's kitchen And they've got chips, they've got ice cream, they've got gallons and gallons and gallons of soda. And you're just like, well, no wonder these people are overweight. And some of these people are very overweight and they feel awful. And so that's why I think everyone should watch this, because I think it's easy to look at somebody else and say, well, of course, because if we get used to that and going up, oh, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. That's what's not going to work. And then you walk into your own kitchen and you go, oh, wait, there's chips there. There's some chocolate here. There's this and that. And it's like, hmm. If And so that's kind of my homework. If you watch any of these episodes, then pretend you're on the show. What would happen if Dr. Jillian came in with all of her snark? What would she say to you? And so the other thing that's interesting is once... She comes in, and I'm assuming these people volunteer to be on the show. She has you for eight weeks, and all she does is change your diet. Now, in theory, you're supposed to be exercising, and it's interesting because in eight weeks, most of these women drop two dress sizes. Almost all of them drop at least 20 pounds in eight weeks by just changing your diet And again, some of them get into exercise, so it's not just the diet. But I thought it was really interesting on just how much you can accomplish with focus for eight weeks. And it's diehard focus because, you know, if you color outside the lines, here comes snarky old Jillian to scold you and say, what are you doing? You don't do that. That's not part of the plan. And the other thing I thought was interesting is, number one, for some reason, all the wives were married to people with accents. Like one guy was French, one guy was Scottish. I was like, is there some sort of weird, strange thing going on here that if you marry somebody from another country, it's going to make you overeat? It was just very weird that like every husband had major thick accent. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just thought it was weird. And so... Uh, what's interesting about it is like the one woman is like, you don't understand. This doesn't work for my lifestyle. And again, you think it's either, well, I could either cook my own stuff or I could go through a drive through and they would go, well, why don't you do this? And they always come up with some sort of alternative. They found food that wasn't bland. They also found that once you kind of go a little bit without eating processed food, your your appetite and your taste buds kind of switch so that things don't have to be so sickening sweet and so salty to actually taste good. And so I thought that was very interesting. And the other thing I thought was, again, kind of interesting. Now I'm a dude and these were all women, hence the show, eat yourself sexy. Although I guess guys can be sexy too, but this was all very much geared toward women is they had their husbands record a little like hey there schnookums it's me dave and i just want to let you know that you know i just love you so much and i'm so proud of you for doing this i know you can do this and i know it's going to be hard but i'm going to be there to support you and i know you can do this and i love you and and i know this is going to make you feel better so you can do this push on through and every woman what was interesting about this is every woman bought that. It meant so much that their husband did that. And yet I'm going to tell you dudes, guys, can I have your attention? Gentlemen, you were not helpful. In many cases, the guys, the one guy's like ordering pizza, one of the most addictive foods. and his wife's over there eating some sort of, I don't know, kale something. I don't know. And I was like, wow, that dude is not supportive at all. So maybe guys should watch this too, because, there are times when the women weren't getting any help with the children, the guy, the women weren't getting any help with the chores, and it was just like, wow, which again is then stressful, which makes them then want to stress eat. So it's an interesting, I thought it was an interesting show. Now, in the end, did I learn anything? No, although I wish uh, Dr. Jillian or whatever her name is she had a lot of interesting recipes and I was kind of surprised that uh, I need to see because everything on her website, whatever it is, com, was like, join my group, join my group, join my group. And uh, there wasn't much free. I thought there might be some recipes because she shared a bunch on the show. But I think it's worth watching just to kind of be on the outside of the fishbowl and watch these other people and just get your judgment on <laughs> just just kick back and go oh what is she doing why uh and then with that same lens go into your own kitchen and go man if i was on that show right now jillian would not be happy and so on the australian version they have a much nicer woman a nice aussie woman and she has a uh, an exercise person and a nutritionist so there's like a team of 3 and uh, it seemed a little less kind of, um, reality TV ish. So those are some things you might want to, uh, check out if you want to, if you would like to get this show advertisement free, it's very simple. Go over to logicallosers.com There should be a link in the show notes and you can join for as little as a dollar. It's also our private Facebook group for accountability. Check it out. logicallosers.com. Lastly, I uh, bought something and I wasn't sure it was going to work. It seems to be all the rage. And that is basically, oh, call it what you want. It looks like a big piece of plastic corn on the cob slash porcupine kind of thing. It's got all these knobs that stick out of it and you roll it on your muscles. And it's supposed to, if you do this after you work out, it's supposed to make them not hurt as much. Kind of thing. It's like a a massage for your muscles. You just roll it up and down your leg or whatever it is, and you can do your back and this and that. I'm here to tell you, I tested this, and I've done some pretty heavy workouts here, and I've just been rolling my right leg just to see if the right leg felt any better than the left. And either I'm doing it wrong or this does nothing. And I'm doing it for about eh, four to five minutes. It's like roll it up and down slow. And now the, you know, here's the top of the leg, just basically my thigh and then the back of the leg. And then I would roll the calf up and down and, and I'm pushing pretty hard and it's not, uh does not feel good. It's not like it's supposed to be kind of like a massage kind of thing. It's not a good, it's not like, Ooh, that feels so good. It's like, wow, I'm rolling this thing and it's just, you know, not comfortable. And so I'm not sure it could be me not using them right but I know they have these foam rollers that you're supposed to put your whole body weight on. That was the whole thing about this. You basically have like this, like I said, it looks like corn on the cob and uh, you hold these handles so you can adjust how much pressure you're putting on it. And for me, at least right now, if it's making any difference, it's very, very slight. So hope all is well with you. Hang in there now as we get ready for the, holiday season approaching as the cookies start to get made and the uh, gingerbread and all the everything else that's going on. Stay focused, and uh, we will see you again real soon with another episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free in iTunes by going to logicalloss.com forward slash iTunes. Live long. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Thin. I want to try it. Thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to just d- die it. Thin. not tell your life. Thin. I want smaller thighs. Thin. But I realize. I guess I'll have to exercise.